Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. A day late. We are running. <laughs> thank you. We are it's running a day not your late fault. Uh, and a dollar short. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, it's true. We. <laughs> We are running a day behind, and that's 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 my own fault. So I, I, I don't ask. think so. No, it we is. normally record on Tuesday, and you were on. You were not here, this and that's not to your fault. It was well within the personnel policy. You took a vacation day. You know what? You're right. Yeah, you're right. Go get that day. <laughs> it's your day. Yeah. So no we, apologies. We're yeah. I'm done apologizing. Um, people are already disappointed. You know, like two people are already disappointed that there was not a podcast dropped yesterday. Yeah. Today, they will be gratefully surprised. Maybe. Maybe. Given the subject At that least we're, one of them we're talking be. about. Yeah. Well, we only have two listeners, so it doesn't really matter anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and those two listeners are us. So. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And Katie, only on the weeks where you say something that can get you in trouble. Yeah, and it's usually by me going home and telling her that I mentioned her on the podcast. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Someone asked me, does, does Jen listen to the podcast? No. No, 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 no. No. She does not. Yeah. She gets enough of, she gets enough of me at home. <laughs> I get enough of me at home. Yeah. I get enough of you at the office. So, I mean, everybody's got plenty of wreck going around here, so. I feel really bad for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as you can tell, John's not in the room, so the banter has... He's writing a sermon. Has <laughs> he is Thursday. It's it is. sermon day. It is. Today's his sermon day, and he's he's working hard on on sermon stuff, and here we are bantering in the podcast. good Easter room. message last week. Yeah, it was good. It was Holy good. week was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was... Uh, it's always refreshing. It's always a good time, and especially Easter Easter morning, you know, after coming out of Good Friday and, and the somberness of that service. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Sunrise service was really cold, but uh, but it was still good. Yeah. Jesus is risen. Um, we got there was some lemon loaf available <laughs> in the commons with the donuts. So was there really? There was. I was super happy about it. That's funny. <laughs> well, now you got to mention. No, I don't. Okay. All right. All right. Well, at least Deb will know what we're talking about if she listens. She listens. She listens. Sometimes I hear your voice out in the lobby and you're not there. Yeah. It's because she's listening. Sometimes I hear my own voice and I know I'm not there. <laughs> when you're... <laughs> And that's all mental. That's all mental. That's all mental. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, today we are talking about biblical economics and specifically in how it relates to the 40-year high inflation rates that we are experiencing as a nation. Well, that's depressing. Yeah. So maybe you don't want to listen to this podcast. Yeah. You, you, we're going to give you a moment to press pause. Yeah, just and delete. And delete. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. I was at, at uh, someone's small group last night. Um, and some uh, Somebody there had recently broken their arm at a gas station. 
they fell down and I said, was it the gas prices? <laughs> Just knocked you right down. They didn't deny it, though there was probably something else going on, but yeah. it's not it's not great. Did they laugh? Did they did <laughs> somebody they get... laughed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't after I woke up, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um No, it's not a great situation, is it? It really isn't. It really isn't. Uh and everybody's thinking about it, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Rick, when we when we're experiencing something like this, and and we're seeing, um, uh, our our money and our resources that are being used in such a way that really seems to not be honoring God. How how do we think through this biblically? You know, from a, a biblical perspective of how our government is is using and spending our money and not using the resources that we actually have that would actually stave off a lot of this inflation. Uh, that's a big question. It's kind of an <laughs> umbrella question. Um, do you want to narrow it at all, or is that just you just go throw that? Well, out no. There I want you to. I want you to narrow. Th- I want you to pick pick and choose where you're going to go. F- um, through okay. That. So you went the government route with it. <laughs> I did. And when it comes to inflation, that's not total. That's not unwarranted. Sure. Um, because when so there's a misconception, and I don't know how many people have this misconception, but I think it's probably pretty common that we live. Um, in a free market society, we do not. We do not live in a free market society. We, we live in a mixed economy with a generous amount of um, government intervention uh, mixed with um, an amount of freedom. But um, a truly free market economy, um, while I would argue that that's the biblical vision for economics, uh, that is not the reality that we're facing. And so we, we can never look at the broader economy, including inflation, inflation and, uh, and just and say, you know, the government's not involved at all. So, so the government is involved. Um, Milton, Milton Friedman, who's a famous economist, uh, a famous economist, he's, his basic definition of economics or uh, of inflation is that inflation is too much money chasing too few goods mm. in um, another economist who I've really come to appreciate. Uh, he's a believer. He's the son of, um, he's the son of the uh, the late Greg Bonson, who was a, a major leader in the last half of the 20th century, um, kind of in in Christian worldview issues. His mm-hmm. his son is David Bonson of the Bonson Group, and he's an economist who he adds services in with the goods. You know, so inflation is too much money chasing too few goods and services, and so we services would be things like plumber services, electrical services, cleaning services, uh, tax services, whatever the case may be, places we go to be served. Um, and that's that's a pretty good definition for us to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Too much money, too few goods and services. Mm-hmm. So um, if you want to... So for example, my parents were, are... They moved to Montana and there's been a lot of people who, um, over the last year and a half, have moved to places like Montana because they have left places where government intervention is so dramatic that it it no longer becomes pleasant to live there. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of impact that it has on daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, they, they're going to be building a house. They sold their house in Oregon, and they've got property in Montana. Uh, but they can't start for a while because it's going to take up to early next year just to get someone out to dig the well. Wow. Well, there's a lot of money in Montana for well digging. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who move there and want to dig wells, they've got the money to do it. Mm-hmm. But there's too few services mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And and that drives prices up because all of a sudden, um, you know, there's not an equilibrium there in the market. And there was a time that this happened um, in Israel. Um, it's it's in one of those things that we don't really think much of it while we're going through our, our history of Israel reading in our Bible reading plans, but it's in 2 Kings 6, and it's during the siege of Samaria. So Ben-Hadad uh, king of Syria, mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria as they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and the fourth part of a cob of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. Okay, so what's going on there? Well, you've got scarcity. You don't have enough goods. There's not enough food. So the price of food goes up. Mm-hmm. So something that normally is not worth much of anything at all, the head of a donkey, which is an unclean animal, is now going uh, for 80 shekels of silver. Um, You have a small portion of dove's dung, which is either um, a term for a very small piece of food back then or literally dung from a dove. And that's selling for five shekels of silver. The prices are way up. Why? There's not enough availability. Mm-hmm. And the next thing in the in the story is this woman is complaining to the king and asking for justice because people are down to eating each other's children. And she had come up with an agreement to eat this woman's, uh, you know, they would eat her, her son yesterday and then this other woman's son today just to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Now that's total scarcity where you're starting to eat people. And that was happening in Israel. And it was a curse, a result of national sin from the top down. Mm. The kings of Israel were wicked. God judged them, just like the covenant said would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The people followed suit. There was widespread wickedness. And the result, one of the results was economic judgment. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's something we have to at least keep in mind when we're talking about this kind of a thing. Um, So, so would you, would you say that what we're going through right now would be a judgment from, from God? It's not a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, am I going to draw a line, uh, you know, a one a one to one correlation between um, what's going on right now and divine judgment? I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a way to tell that for sure. Yeah. But I will tell you that years of violating biblical principles for how to steward the resources of God's world and how we live socially and what we've done, um, you know. R- with the murder of unborn children, what we've done with the sexual revolution, and all of these moral evils that are not getting better, they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. It can't, it's not unrelated to what happens. We don't have a God who, though he sits in the heavens, he's not uninvolved here. Mm-hmm. Everything falls under um, the hand of providence. And God is, he is an active God. He is a God who is involved, and he does not ignore evil. In fact, he, 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 he's very patient in calling for repentance and mm-hmm. calling for people to heed his word, 
to lay hold of his son by faith. Mm-hmm. And the further in and the further up that people go, or I should say the further down um, that people go, when we go into violating just, number one, basic wisdom principles that he's you know built into, into this world, and two, the clear moral standards of his word, and ignore him as if as if he didn't exist, didn't yeah. reign. That's going to have ramifications. Yeah. What's currently going on? There's a there's at least there is a significant tie to what happened in the government's response to COVID. Um, you know, back at the beginning, mm-hmm. the, we didn't we didn't know is this is this the plague, mm-hmm. right? Is this is this the thing that's going to wipe out a third of Europe? Mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. like it did you know back in the you know 5 600 years ago well it wasn't but the government didn't let up its response when it right. figured that out right. so there was a, a response of major government intervention to the tune of you can't go to work mm-hmm. your business is shut down mm-hmm. um what happened during that time was massive overregulation, just to simplify it, mm-hmm. that created such a scarcity of goods and services because production was shut down. That and you know, if you remember what was being said is that no one's gonna no one's gonna these there's not gonna be a demand for these things ever again. Everything's fundamentally changed. Yeah. Well, as the truth about the virus started to become more clear, as things simmered down, um there was a massive surge in demand, mm-hmm. and oh, oh, people still do want X, Y, and Z. Well, we don't have enough to, su- you know, to supply the demand right. because we've shut everything down, right. and we can't. We're still catching up. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that global supply chains have become blocked through various right. reasons that are too complex to get into helpfully here. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that. Um, that is part of what's going on with the incredible inflation right now. Yeah. Is there's way more demand than there is supply. Yeah. And see but all the while the government pumped in massive trillions of dollars of money that they just decided is gonna exist overnight. And so now people have all this extra money, but there's but there's nothing real to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um and those factors are at play, right? And that's and there are lots of biblical principles that go into that, which maybe we should we can talk about in a little bit. But well, yeah. So it seems like from you know from our perspective, you know these lowly people from Yakima, Washington, that we really can't do anything about it. Like with with the inflation, with with the crisis that we're in. I mean, is is that something that we can do? How do we think about it? How do we how do we manage, you know, through these murky waters of of you know government oversight and the massive inflation that has has transpired because of that? Right, especially as people who can't control it ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple thoughts I have on that. One, we can learn the lessons uh, from the way from some of those factors of how do we get here at the, at the big level, mm. we can take our cues personally for what not to do. Mm. We can open our Bibles and we can figure out how, how can we control the resources that God entrusts to us personally. Mm. And we can practice personal integrity, even though we are in, 
you know, even though we are affected absolutely by, you know, the larger things at play. Um, so, um, I'm thinking about, okay, what, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and play the blame game with the government, say bad government, inflation, end of story. There's a, there's a lot of things that go into that. And an article I'd recommend, um, that kind of gets into that is is by David Bonson, um, and the way you spell that is B A H N S E N. For those who are going to go Google it, um, David Bonson. It's a National Review article, a comprehensive primer on the Fed and inflation. Comprehensive primer on the Fed and inflation. It just mm-hmm. came out a, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Uh, you can read it online. Um, so he'll get into to more of the needy greedy, <laughs> nacho libre. Um, <laughs> But uh, but inflation, the, the government does bear a significant responsibility for economic impacts of its monetary policies. Right. And that's because we live in an interventionist economy where the government is intervening. And, and I would argue wrongly mm-hmm. because that's not their role, right? So when we get to Romans 13 or places like Genesis 9 or Psalm 82 where God is talking to and about rulers and what their job is to do, they basically have a pretty narrow lane. One, um, police and military. Protect the land and the people so that evil can't invade or flourish from within. Okay, So put that protective barrier there. And to do that well requires you to know what good and evil actually are so that you're actually going after the right people and not the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got some confusion in that regard right now at, you know, for our government they're calling evil good and good evil right. oftentimes which right. i think isaiah says something about and it's not good <laughs> right so what what's happened well there's been uh, there's been significant uh intervention in three particular areas where we see a really outstripped um uh degree of inflation than we do in the general economy if you want to look at three places where the government has intervened dramatically and it has caused an economic rate that is way bigger than we normally see in the economy for any other sectors. Three, three of them. And Bonson gets into this in his article, housing, student tuition, and healthcare. The housing market is out of control. Modest homes are unaffordable. Student, student loans uh, the government has just promised just basically hey, free money for anybody. You just pay it off over a lifetime. Or, hey, w- maybe you know if we get the right candidate, we can cancel it. Right. Okay. Um, no, don't do that. And then health care. And we all of us are feeling that. I mean, the cost of health care, it's a joke. And, the, and so what do we do? Oh, government to the rescue. Well, that's because they've, they've played with it. Um, with such gratuitous freedom on their part, and they've regulated the freedom of choice right out of the whole thing mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And you look at the real impact that real decisions from real politicians elected by real people actually make. And who suffers? Well, it's, it's the poor and those with less means. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of inflation, that hits everybody. It hits the it hits the rich at the same rate it does the poor, but the poor have less to be able to right. throw at it than the rich do. Right. So the rich are a little less rich, but they're still super rich. But the poor, it can be the matter of, hey, are we gonna 
you know, be able to have dinner tonight because mom needed a, a, a filling in her tooth. Right. Or whatever. Right. Um, so what do we learn from that? Well, I would argue we need to learn where our lane is. What is the sphere that God has given to us personally to stay in? What is my role as an individual man and as a pastor of the church? Uh, what is my family's role in society? Well, Scripture tells us that. You know, the family is the Department of Education, welfare, um, retirement, and you know, social security. Like, that's that's the role that the family has and that God's given to them. So I want to do everything I can um, to do that well. Right. Uh, the church is the ministry of the word and the sacraments and the ministry of church discipline. It has a very specific role. Uh, the government is the ministry of uh, yeah, of defense. It's the Department of Defense. Um, when we are willing to give up our role to spheres that God has not entrusted that charge with, two things are going to happen. One, um, it's not going to get done as well because there's a design flaw issue. You know, uh, the government wasn't designed to do health care. And we see around the world that when it does, and and socialism takes root, socialized medicine, um, quality of care goes down. uh, And even though the cost is down, um, you're paying for it still. Because what's one of the primary rules of economics? There's no such thing as a free lunch. And when the government says, hey, uh, we're just going to give this away, we'll pay for it. an accurate answer is, no, you won't. We will, because the government doesn't make any money. Right. It only takes it, right. which is what taxation is. Right. And every 29th of the month when I'm reading Proverbs 29, um, my blood pressure goes up around verse 4, because Solomon, or I, I guess at this point, these are the Proverbs of Hezekiah, or more Proverbs of Solomon that the men of Hezekiah, uh, king of Judah, wrote down. It says, by justice, a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts tears it down. Well, there's a footnote next to exacts gifts. What it means is taxes heavily. Hmm. So let me read it again. By justice, a king builds up the land, but he who taxes heavily tears it down. Mm -hmm. There's a, a negative correlation between justice and heavy taxation. Mm -hmm. The higher you tax a people, and let me put it this way. Uh, if the people of ancient Israel were being taxed at our rate, they would be, there would be a rebellion. Right. Um, th- th- this is so far outstripped anything that's reasonable at all. Right. Um, the higher the taxes go, less justice is being done. Right. Taxation and economics, this is a justice issue. And I mean that in a biblical sense, not like a social justice. We're just going to call anything we don't like an injustice type of a sense. Mm -hmm. Real lives are being affected. So stay in your lane. Look at what the government has done poorly, which is massively increased debt. The out-of-control debt, that also is a biblical issue. Paul says don't be in debt to anyone except the, the debt to love. And maybe on a different podcast, we could talk about why having a mortgage isn't the same thing that he's talking about. But gratuitously going into debt for anything and everything, that is very, very bad. And and, and I would argue sinful stewardship practice of what God's entrusted to us. Sure. And so we need to get our personal debt under control. Sure. Um, 
somebody who doesn't know how to steward their own finances and is in massive debt um, is unqualified to to serve in a leadership position in the church because his house is out of order. Mm -hmm. And God calls the the elders and deacons of his church to steward his household's money and resources. Mm -hmm. And so they have to know what to do there. And so if eldering uh, is just a picture of... you know, normal Christian godliness at a certain level, then I would argue one of the things that we can do to mirror Christ and not mirror the government is to steward our personal finances. Sure. So that's another thing we can do. Sure. And with with good biblical principles. Um, those are just a few thoughts on how can we who don't have control over the big right. picture, what can we do in the midst of it? Right. Um, there are other things we can't do, unfortunately, which, but I would say when it comes to election time, remember, remember these things matter. And the more we're willing to overlook basic principles of, you know, wisdom, because a candidate makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. And then we put some guy into office or woman into office who's saying stupid things like cancel student debt or whatever. Please, believers, don't do that, yeah. because those that what you do on that ballot has real implications, um, as we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. So, Rick, there's been there's been some talk uh, recently that there's 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 going to be a recession here soon because of because of our um, economic issues that we have. Now, if that's the case. Um, how do we, how do we prepare for that? How do we, you know, how do we steward our finances to prepare for an economic recession that's destined to happen? Um, well, this one, this one's so basic that it's, it almost sounds silly to say it, but unfortunately I know enough people who don't do it. So I'm going to say it anyway, budget. Mm Mm-hmm. So many people don't have a personal budget. Um, there are a number of reasons for that. But number one, I would say, and you've heard me say this before, is that faithfulness doesn't happen accidentally, yeah. and neither do budgets. Yeah. Budgets don't happen by accident. They happen on purpose. They're a matter of stewardship. Um, in Proverbs 27, when I'm talking about budgeting with premarital couples, um, we go here and we look at, and what Solomon says at the end of this chapter, Know well the condition of your flocks, and give attention to your herds. For riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all, excuse me, does a crown endure to all generations? When the grass is gone and the new growth appears and the vegetation of the mountains is gathered, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. There will be enough goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household and maintenance for your girls. In other words, um, look at what God's given you now. Plan ahead, because rainy days do tend to come. Right. And when they do, if you're not ready, then it's going to hit you hard. Yeah. And who's going to have to shore up? Well, it's going to be um, maybe the government. Maybe it's going to be the, the church. Um, it's going But if you plan and take what you have today, spend less than you make, and save the rest and invest it, <laughs> then that's a way to look ahead to days that are a little more scarce than the ones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So plan plan ahead, I would say, is, is a major thing that we can do. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of younger, I think one of the things that maybe we could do a much better job on, well, I don't know where we would put it. We're not going to just put it in a sermon if it doesn't fit. But um, a lot of couples in their 20s and 30s are not seriously investing for retirement um, or just for, you know, whatever the case may be when they're older and they can't work, even if they were forced into retirement. Mm-hmm. But the way that, that that markets work in investment and returns is you have to plan way ahead and be faithful a bit by bit along the way. Mm-hmm. And you can't make up for lost time. You can't make up for lost time. And so I would say for younger people who are listening to this, who are in their 20s or who are just now getting married, talk to a financial advisor. Um, you know, I think of Nick Rogers or, uh, right. you know, up there, he's in our church or, um, Bill Van Ostrom who retired out of accounting. There are good resources in our church who can steer you in the right direction for how to start to just use wisdom in your financial stewardship now, because you're going to need it to be the wise and righteous person of Proverbs who's leaving an inheritance to your children, or your grandchildren. Sure. And another thing, by the way, that happens as wealth increases and as faithfulness increases with financial stewardship, and we've seen this, um, you can tr- you can trace the effects of the Reformation, where good theology went on the heels of the Reformation. Um, economic prosperity also followed because go figure, when people take God and His Word seriously and seek to honor Him in all of their life it tends to have ramifications mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. And those nations um, were able to be the wellspring from which flowed the waters of the modern missions movement mm-hmm. because there was more resources to dump into um, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that's involved. Um, and, I, and I'd say for, you know, this is going to maybe sound counterintuitive. How do you prepare for a recession? Be faithful in your giving. Be faithful in your giving, um, and that's and that's right out of Proverbs three. Yeah. Um, uh, let me let me find it real quick because I don't want to misquote it. But um, faithfulness with a little, God does not ignore that. Um, he says, "Honor." This is Proverbs three nine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know, in Luke, I just read the other day. Um, Jesus said, "Make friends for yourself with unrighteous wealth, so that you know they will welcome you into eternal dwellings." Mm-hmm. He actually cares how we steward, and so I'd say um, we need to take stock of where we are today. So that if tomorrow is darker, we won't be caught unready. Right. And that's just a matter of godliness. Right. Right. And then last thing I'll say on that is, you know, First Timothy 6, instruct the rich in this present world not to put their hope in riches, but in God. So it's not having the riches that is, is bad. And I think John may have gone into that this past Sunday. Right. It's hoping in it. Right. So even as we plan, guard against the temptation to hope in what we've planned for. Right. Right. Rick, it can be easy for us in times like this to get 
incredibly downcast and frustrated and angry with with how our finances are being spent um how can we how can we shift our thinking in that regard from bitterness and anger and frustration and complaining to um you know, trusting in the Lord and in 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 His goodness and sovereignty over over all circumstances. How 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 do we shift our mindset when it's so easy to be bitter? Now, where's the bitterness? And the bitterness is coming in because of what? What's prompting the bitterness? Um, because of of where we find ourselves at as a nation, where we find ourselves at financially. Um you know, how, how our money is being spent, how it, how it ought to be spent. Um, (laughs) okay. So you look at, you look at injustice being done at a big level, you knew I was going there and, um, it is, it could be easy to, to grumble and complain. Well, one thing we mentioned it, I don't know, we mention it like every time on this podcast is lean into the, what we profess about the sovereignty of God. Wicked rulers are not outside of God's sovereign purpose and plans. Mm-hmm. If judgment, if judgment, if this is a judgment, it's God's judgment. Um, yeah, there are human principles at play as well, but ultimately, not not one dollar is misspent outside of the sovereign purposes of God. Right, and He will hold accountable those who mismanage it, mm-hmm. and His plan is never thwarted. So when he says godliness with contentment is great gain, mm-hmm. um, we look at the reality that God God is in charge, so we can always worship. Mm-hmm. Two, we look at what he's given. What is the most precious thing that has ever been given, ever? Well, I think Peter calls it the precious blood of Christ. And so that can never lose its value. Mm. Our money can lose its value through inflation, um, but the blood of Christ can never lose its value. And he, you know, so the kingdom continues to go forward. So if we focus our orientation there, um, you know, the old hymn really fits here. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth, and that would include money, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm. And that's how we will guard against bitterness here. Right. One of the things that I'll challenge myself on or or Jen um, is, a, hey, are we praying half as much as we're complaining? Hmm. Normally our words pour out <laughs> to one another about what's wrong a lot more than they pour up to God in yeah. trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. You and I think we need to we need to learn the lessons that we've that we see. There are lessons in this world all around us. There are trajectories that we are going as a nation um, that we we can actually look at places like China or Venezuela or you know places where increased government control of goods, services, resources, and money have played out 
and it does not lead to human flourishing. And you can put biblical texts behind all of those things mm-hmm. and, and see where we're bucking the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was satirized on Parks and Rec a few years ago when a government delegation from Venezuela came to Pawnee, Indiana. And I don't know how you can even talk about economics and socialism with the government control that goes into that um, without thinking about this. Come in to take the protesters away. Where are they? This kind of behavior is never tolerating in Boracua. You shout like that, they, they put you in jail right away. No trial, no, no nothing. Journalists, we have a special jail for journalists. You're stealing, right to jail. You're playing music too loud, right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail. Slow, jail. You're charging too high prices for uh, sweaters, glasses. You write to jail. You undercook fish, believe it or not, jail. You overcook chicken, also jail. Undercook, overcook. You make an appointment with a dentist and you don't show up, believe it or not, jail, right away. We have the best patients in the world. Because of you. <laughs> Government intervention. Uh, you know what? The way that God designed it to work, if you charge too high prices for sweaters, no one's going to buy your sweaters. Yeah. And you won't be making sweaters anymore because you'll be out of business. Right. You'll be doing something else. Right. Because it turns out that um, God in the Ten Commandments guards private property, right? Thou shalt not steal. Mm-hmm. That's a private property command. And when people use their private property and then they're having to do business with real people who have the freedom to make their own decisions, um, well, we'll let you know if we don't like what you're charging for bagels at your bakery. Because right. we're going to go to the other guy's bakery right. where they're 15 cents less and they taste a little better. Right. And then you're going to go, hey, I need to make better bagels and charge less for them. So you're going to figure out how to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to change jobs. Right. And then a better business is going to take your business's place. Mm-hmm. And the economy is going to be better. Ultimately, you and everybody else is going to be happier because you'll be doing whatever it is that God created you to do to fit in this niche in society and human flourishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what happens when people are given the freedom to use their God-given creativity to come up with things that people want and need and to invent things that people never knew they wanted and needed, like computers and smartphones. Or in, I know someone would challenge me on, do we really need those? But shut up, we're on a podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> Now, Rick, the next podcast is going to be about, do we really need smartphones and computers? Right to jail. Right to jail. Right to jail. Right to jail. Believe it or not, right to jail. <laughs> Classic scene. <laughs> so good. Well, Rick, uh, we're coming up on 40 minutes, and I think people tuned out about 38 minutes ago. So I, I think... It, That's I think, called time inflation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the value went down as the minutes went up. <laughs> More minutes, less value. <laughs> yeah, let's cut it off right now. Church, we love you. We hope that this has been encouraging to you as you think through the chaos that's happening in our world today, especially economically. Uh, Remember to turn your eyes to Jesus, to be good stewards of the means that God has given to you, uh, and honor him with, with those means. We love you. We look forward to being with you this Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day. And Joe Biden, if you're listening, notice... We went on too long and we knew when to stop. So just whatever you want to do with that, go and do likewise. (laughs) 